From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Patients and their medical providers have at least one thing in common. They are human. Lots of advice about wellness can benefit patients, but also doctors and other healthcare providers. With me in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about wellness is Dr. Susan Levinson. She's an assistant professor of family medicine and integrative medicine at Upstate. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Levinson. Thank you, Amber. Great to be here. Let me start by understanding your background. Your specialty is family medicine. How did you become involved in integrative medicine? Um, well, I suppose I've had an interest in lots of ways that um, health can be uh, kind of fostered. And my background's also in studio art, which I was a major at. I majored in in undergrad. And so um, during residency, I loved residency. I loved the whole, whole biopsychosocial sort of holistic approach to care, but I really was looking for something more and gravitated a lot towards um, trying to learn more about nutrition, uh, meditation, stress management, and different ways that people could creatively engage with their health. And so I sought out um, a fellowship, which I did at University of Michigan following residency, and uh, loved it. It was an amazing experience. So when we say integrative medicine, what does that encompass? You mentioned nutrition, but what else is part of integrative medicine? Great. Thanks for asking. So integrative medicine is really a very broad look at medicine. It kind of encompasses any type of uh, modality that people may utilize to enhance their health or to optimize their health. So really my stance is I'm curious about what people do. I'm open and frankly very interested in what people do outside of conventional medicine in order to enhance their health. So things like nutrition, but then there's also whole health systems such as traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, um, something like functional medicine, which really looks at some of the underpinnings um, in, in people's health. So it's very multimodal. Now, the fact you uh, completed a fellowship on integrative medicine, that kind of indicates to me that um, this is accepted more by the medical community than it once was. Absolutely. It's now an official fellowship, and there's um, a, a board certification that started in 2014, including um, board exam, there's a verbal exam, um, on top of a required fellowship in order to be able to provide this type of care. Do you think patients and doctors see one another as humans with similarities, or do you think they see each other as kind of different? That's a really interesting question. Um, I think that while medicine is a very humanistic field at the heart of it, there's something that happens, I think, during the training. Maybe it's the um, endeavor to become more objective that I think uh, creates some detachment and maybe can make some of that basic humanity um, a little bit less accessible for practitioners. And then I think that patients sometimes use um, – look at doctors sometimes not as people as well. I think there's lots of examples from movies and televisions of what doctors are, and they're not necessarily your neighbor or your family member. Well, literally, your life may be in their hands, depending, you know, for whatever you're coming there for, right? They're Kind of. I mean, I, I, I'm very much part of my interest is very much about people being empowered in their health and being very much partners in their health. And so I think that's one of the main kind of misunderstandings is I think that people 
think that doctors are sort of in control and that's sort of a relatively, um, I think that's some of the thoughts that some of the philosophical thoughts around medicine maybe of the past couple decades, but I think more contemporary people really are more involved and more active in their health. But at the same time, doctors are responsible, legally responsible in ways that are different than other interactions. Do you think it's easier in like a primary care specialty to have this connection with a patient than with a highly specialized field? Well, one of the things that's interesting about integrative medicine is the more that I exist in this field, the more that I realize that these are just foundational aspects of health, and they really cross the barriers between different disciplines. I think that the same nutritional foundations and the same stress management approaches and the same need to know what supplements and what other type of input people are having in their healthcare really crosses all fields, primary care, cardiology, rheumatology, surgeons, everybody really should be having this more expanded knowledge of what people are doing. But primary care is intrinsically very, very holistic, especially family medicine, because one of the main facets is thinking about people within the context of their entire life. So an ideal family medicine situation is where you're treating a patient, their parent, their child, maybe extended family. And so you're having this very holistic view just at baseline. So is our modern American healthcare system set up to promote the well-being of patients and, and the providers? No. 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 It's very much set up to, uh, it's a fee-for-service model. And so we are incentivized as healthcare providers to see as many people in a short period of time as is required to achieve certain benchmarks. Um, that does not take into account outcomes such as people becoming healthier, um, getting fewer diagnoses if they're able to overcome diagnoses through health measures. Um, we don't have particular incentive models to talk about nutrition or stress management, uh, whereas we uh, procedures are very uh, well reimbursed financially. Short visits are also very encouraged. And those typically end up more in a prescription, a pharmaceutical being prescribed rather than a counseling session. And the reason that that's important is that I just heard this statistic at a uh, conference I was at about two weeks ago, 85% of our chronic health um, problems are lifestyle. 85%. If you have a pie an apple pie of all your health, of your whole health problem in front of you, 15% of that is the interventional stuff that we do. 85% is what you do in the time outside of the doctor's office. Wow. I think it's amazing. And I really think about how interesting it is that when somebody comes into your office and you're having a session with them, it's maybe 25 minutes or so. My goal in that time is that during this confidential, brief, honest interaction, somebody will leave that visit and that 25 minutes will hopefully have an effect on how somebody lives their life over the next weeks or months. Because that time in between the visits is really where it happens. 
This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Susan Levinson. She's an assistant professor of family medicine at Upstate, and she also specializes in integrative medicine. Now, one of your roles at Upstate um, is that you're involved with physician or provider wellness, right? Tell, tell me about what's in place to kind of keep providers healthy. Well, this has become more and more of a hot topic over the past couple of years. I definitely noticed during my training that uh, the wellness of trainees wasn't particularly um, encouraged. I always felt it was a strange thing when you might be just as sick feeling as the person you were admitting to the hospital. And um, this kind of goes back to your first question, are doctors and patients different? Well, during my time in fellowship and thereafter, I've been really interested in physician well-being because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And um, the things that help doctors to be more well, help them do a better job with their patients to be well. So patients should want their doctor to be as healthy as Absolutely. they can be. Absolutely. Uh, you really want your doctors to be able to walk the walk as well. It doesn't make any sense for a doctor to give a recommendation for a um, some health-related activity or lifestyle activity if they really don't understand what's involved in that. Well, tell me what um, sorts of things are being done to... Yeah, so we've been, um, it's actually become, uh, interestingly and wonderfully, it's become um, one of uh, the main requirements for residency training to have an aspect of physician wellness. So I was so excited to be able to have a part in that. Um, what we've been doing with our residents is every week during uh, their education education session, we set aside time specifically for wellness. Uh, some of the activities we've done, we've gone to the Everson uh, during orientation where we had a visual tool and we, tour and we had a, um, a creative um, activities uh, experience around wellness. Um, we've had meditation experiences. We have a local therapist, Melissa Carmen, who comes in uh, twice a month and um, she does not evaluate the residents. So she's able to have really frank and honest discussions confidentially with the group. And that social support is absolutely key. So it sounds preventive. Like you're trying to not, you know, the, you don't want people to develop burnout or. That's the goal. That's the goal. The goal is uh, not just the absence of illness, but actually the promotion of well-being. Because I really, I hope, you know, what we're doing in our residency, our residency is brand new. We just started in July. And um, really the faculty, I believe, um, we're making the programs that we wish that we could have gone to. So we're really trying to make something different for the future. So do you talk about um, burnout in terms of like what symptoms to be on the lookout for? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of the symptoms uh, to pay attention to, the biggest one I think is just a loss of meaning in work. That Where you're just of, going to a job with no passion or no feeling. No purpose. Yeah. And um, to me, one of the things I often say to my patients is, well, while suffering, which is um, suffering is this experience where you have a loss of your identity, right? And while that's a part of any, um, any kind of potentially transformative process, suffering that's senseless is one that has no meaning. 
And so to me, that's what burnout is. It's a purposeless experience to working in the healthcare. And the reason that I think that's so heartbreaking is uh, healthcare uh, really goes to the heart of humanity, which is um, the expression of everybody's individual story. And so you're in a potentially amazing situation to be able to hear people's stories and their transformations to um, better lives, potentially. And um, if that loses its meaning, then I think that's, um, that's, a huge, that's a huge loss for everybody. So what do you advise for someone who's having symptoms like that, where they're not, they're not feeling like they're okay? Um, well, uh, one of the things is to, um, take a look at, you know, you've got to understand what's going on in your day. You know, what are the underpinnings, underpinnings that's going on? Is this new? Is this, you know, is it because of a specific event or is this something that's been dragging on? Might you need to, um, take a real hard look at, um, the balance of your, work and life? Is it a stress-related thing? Um, are there other, um, are there other uh, supports that might be a benefit? Maybe taking some time for mental health, uh, hygiene, talking to a therapist. Um, maybe it's about restructuring your priorities. But I think ultimately, you know, you were talking about whether our system supports the well-being of patients and health, and I really think it doesn't. So um, one of the things that um, we all need to do is to um, really create a system that uh, works for the benefit of the people who are in it, both patients and doctors, and not just focus on who's paying for it, but how this system works and how what are our objectives. So changing from the focus of disease to wellness or health as opposed to. Now, health maintenance organizations as a concept, they were supposed to do that. And they they don't really seem to be doing that, though. Um, Yeah, I I think it's because they continue to have the same focus. The payer system, the way it's set up. Yeah, they haven't, you know, I mean, there are some objective measures that are looked at, like have you screened for chlamydia or certain screening tests that we need to make sure that we have done? Have you offered the flu vaccine? These types of things are all considered kind of quality measures, but they don't look at other quality measures. Um, larger, um, uh, larger, more holistic ways that people's lives may be benefited. For example, um, can somebody... Is somebody managing their diabetes through diet instead of pharmaceuticals? That's not something that's really considered. And that's very important because we know that obesity is the number one um, and increasing health risk in our uh, country at the time right now. And so we really need to be looking at these kind of multifactorial outcomes to see if people, to help people get healthier not just sort of check things off of a box. Did you test this and did you test that? Well, thank you to Dr. Susan Levinson. She's an assistant professor of family medicine and integrative medicine at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.